Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest this week is Dale Falwell. Our first segment, we talked a lot about the changes in the uh, uh, health care system administrator. And we've also talked a lot about pricing and, and also some other issues in the second segment. But now I want to turn to another word that we're hearing a lot about and how this might affect the state of North Carolina and how it might affect uh, our, our listeners and especially the state employees. And that's the R word, recession. We're hearing that. Uh, I think almost everyone that we have talked to on this program has said that if we have a recession, it's likely to be a mild one. But North Carolina is in a period of growth. And uh, so we, uh, at least what I'm hearing, Dale, and would like to get your comments, is if we have a recession in North Carolina, probably will be even less than maybe what the, the national picture would look like. What's, what's your assessment? And uh, how will our, the, the recession word, affect us here in North Carolina? Well, we're always concerned about the R word. We're always concerned about the I word. But you and I are old enough to also to know about another word that nobody has thought about in over half a century, and that is stagflation. Stagflation is when the cost of things go up with the economic activities going down. That's what we all suffered through in the in the mid-70s. Uh, recession uh, is... We are seeing some business slow down. We're seeing a rolling over of some of the hot housing markets across the United States, but in some parts of North Carolina. But it's a very serious issue when people are having to pay more money for goods and services and let, have less opportunity to earn that money. And that's what's so damning and damaging about not only recessions, but inflation and possibly even stagflation. Well, as I said, uh, the good news, I guess, if there is good news about the R word, is that usually recessions are accompanied with a lot of widespread unemployment. In North Carolina, the job market still appears to be decently strong. Uh, some people, of course, will be affected, but there are still a lot of help wanted signs out. People uh, 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 can find jobs, I think, in North Carolina, whereas in many states they might not be able to find jobs. And so I guess that's the good news. Let's let's turn to another concern that you have made a priority in your tenure as treasurer hey, Don, of North Don, Carolina. Don, can I interject yeah. and say, and sure. that's what I love about your format is it it gives your listeners an opportunity to be informed, not just somebody pat them on the back and affirm about how they might feel about a subject. What's so ironic about two things you just mentioned in the last four minutes is the unemployment rate. The unemployment rate you know this, but your listeners may be shocked to hear this, only includes those people who are able, available, and seeking employment. Is that really the unemployment rate? <laughs> I think some of these terms that we use need to be refreshed. And the inflation rate, as you know, Don, sometimes is reported without food and energy. Now, who can live without food and energy? And my point of just stopping you for a moment is to tell your your listeners that when it comes to all these matters it doesn't matter which topic we're talking about at the end of the day especially in this society right now they just deserve to be spoken to like adults and what they hear makes common sense what doesn't make common sense as you know is the unemployment rate to be this low 
and employers like you and me having so much trouble getting workers. Uh, it doesn't, something is not connecting here. And uh, as I think I mentioned it a few newsmakers ago, I, as I get out and ride around my motorcycle in the country just to get, you know, for some mental health, I, you know, growing up, I would always see applications inside, apply inside. And, you know, now we see signage that says we hire immediately. Um, that's what's going on. And I don't think anybody has a clear answer about where all the workers went. Well, and of course, that means uh, uh, revenue to the state because those people aren't paying tax. Uh, because if they're not working, they don't have income. And so therefore, they can't pay tax. Right. Interesting. Uh, as you said, this is this is uh, uncharted territory for us as far as uh, uh, the typical terms of what normally causes a recessionary period. Uh, I was getting ready to turn to one other area that you've always been very concerned about, and that is saving money by fighting fraud uh, in the pension system and in disability overpayments. Uh, give us an update on where you stand on that and, and how that's coming along. Well, we continue to watch the pennies and the paper clips, and you know, uh, there's, there's people ask me to comment on this topic occasionally, and I could probably spout off some really uh, interesting uh, tidbit or interesting fact that actually happened at the treasurer's office. You know, most, for the most part, I'm restricted by doing that either by HIPAA laws or other types of laws. But what I can tell you is this. At the treasurer's office, even though in, we manage a quarter of a trillion dollars, that's $250 billion, people say, what, what, what can you possibly focus on when you've got that many duties and responsibilities and you're managing that much money? And Don, I think you'll appreciate this. We focus on the number one. If there's one person who is getting disability that doesn't deserve it, that's one too many. If there's one person who is not getting disability who deserves it, that's one too many. If there's one person who is not getting service in terms of their retirement benefits on a timely basis, that's one too many. So the way that we kind of manage all this, because it could be pretty overwhelming, is that we focus on the number one. And anytime you focus on the number one, you can normally figure out the right things to do that benefits everybody. Oh, can, so, I add, uh, can I add to that, Don? Yeah, you, you go right ahead. You're all rolled. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that your listeners hear a lot about is the fraud that's going on in our local government. And I know you reported extensively about the Spring Lake situation where we had a lady who embezzled $550,000 from the town of Spring Lake. 150000 of it wasn't made out to Don Curtis. It was made out to the Heritage Nursing Home for the benefit of this lady's mother for her nursing home bills and even put the name of her mother in the memo line off the city's bank account. So I know that oftentimes with the newsmaker listeners that they they get discouraged and lose, lose confidence in their government. This Spring Lake situation is a coming together of a Republican state treasurer, a Democrat state auditor, uh, Beth Wood, and a Democrat Biden appointed U.S. federal attorney, Michael F. Easley Jr. So after an investigation by Oliver Wood, 
uh, over about a five-week period of time for six weeks, the person who had bezeled this money was arraigned, indicted, and pled guilty to these charges. Now, I know that's sort of interesting to your listeners, but what I'm about to say may be more interesting. We have a felony forfeiture law on the books of North Carolina. The felony forfeiture law, when somebody commits a crime within their public service duties, allows us to go in and remove their pension credit away from them for the years that they were embezzling. We have done that in this case. And so it's not just trying to get the money back, and there's not much hope of that in Spring Lake situation, but also making sure that the pension benefit that this person was earning while they were embezzling money uh, that they don't, do not get. And I hope that will bring some level of comfort uh, to your listeners that this is an example of people from different genders, different political parties, and different levels of government working together for the common good of the people of Spring Lake in this case or North Carolina. Dale, uh, just out of curiosity, because $500,000, of course, in this day and age is, is a, a small amount when you look at a state budget or a federal budget or plan, but for a town the size of Spring Lake, that's a huge amount of money. How did that go undetected for as long as it did? Lack of transparency, lack of competence, lack of governance by the city council. So how, what can other communities and other towns benefit as far as learning from that experience to be sure that, that that's not replicated somewhere else? They can ask the questions no one else wants to ask. And I know that uh, some people have said that because of what we're trying to do at the treasurer's office, that we get in a lot of powerful people's way. And we don't really come to work every day at think, thinking, how can we get in somebody's way? What we come to work every day is figuring out how to ask the right questions. We not only have to think inside and outside the box, Don, we have to actually figure out when, when we've determine what direction we're going in, how to use both sides of the boxes, out both sides of the box. And that's how it gets off track, is groupthink and nobody having the courage to ask the questions. And I'm just so blessed to be alive after my serious bout with COVID, whatever I would have expected to live. I'm just so blessed to, that God gave me the eyesight to see what needs to be done, the humility to listen for what needs to be done, and the heart to have the courage to act on what needs to be done. Because you know, and I know, and Jason knows, it's not enough for somebody just to point out a problem. We got serious problems all over, but we don't need Ernest T. Bass. You know, Ernest T. Bass is that fictional character from the Andy Griffith show. Uh, and he would go, every problem was a window and every solution was a rock. And he would come up to the window, as you remember, and say, it's me, it's me, it's Ernest T. And he would throw the rock and giggle and go to the next one. We don't need people who just throw rocks. We need people who actually attack problems, not attack people. Well, I'm going to change subject one more time. And we've got about two and a half minutes for you. Bring us up to date on unclaimed cash. This is money that is in the state treasurer's pocket that actually belongs to people who, uh, Perhaps they don't even know that they have some money awaiting them. And you are working very hard to return all that money, but you need their help. 
Well, as former treasurer Richard Moore once told me, we shouldn't get so much joy in returning people their own money back. <laughs> but some, somehow we do. Um, there's a there's a billion dollars. I'm going to say that again. There's a billion dollars sitting at nccash.com. There are twice as many records as our citizens. It's not a gimmick. Your chances are better than playing the lottery. But unlike the lottery, there's no cost to look up your name or your business or your nonprofit or your church. There's no charge to make a claim. The money stays there forever. And if you've happened to have lived in another state, they also have the equivalent of nccash.com. So it never fails, Don, that somebody has heard me talk about nccash.com on Newsmakers. And they've gone and checked their name, including a lady five weeks ago in Brevard who went to nccash.com and guess what she found? Nothing. But she started thinking about the fact she lived in Michigan 32 years and she went to Michigan's equivalent of nccash.com and found $3,000. That's one of your listeners. And my point is, it's just another valuable reason to listen to newsmakers not to just to be affirmed about how you think about a particular topic, but to actually be informed. Well, that, that's an interesting point because all states have a, a same thing. And if you uh, are new to North Carolina and you have uh, checked your North Carolina fund, you, you should check the states that you've lived in before. Because what happens is when companies lose your address, they are by law required to put the money in the hands of the of the state in which. Uh, you were living at the time, and and uh, I, every time I've ever checked it, either for our company or for my uh, my account or even my relatives, I've always found money. Uh, sometimes it's more than I thought, and sometimes it's not much, but it's it's money that basically belongs to you and me, and the state is glad to return it and wants to return it. Right. Uh, so you can find out more information about that by going to nc cash and find out more about it we're going to take a break we'll be back uh with our guest state treasurer dale falwell we want to talk about interest rates when it comes to borrowing money when we come back and we'll do that right after these messages okay men this is your time maybe you didn't choose this but you're here now you're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver it's up to you so what are you going to do you're gonna go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You gotta dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. No, you won't. Because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Watch out! You got me! The galaxy is safe once again. In the pretend universe, kids play with pretend guns. In the real world, it's up to us to make sure they don't get their hands on a real gun. If you have a gun in the house, keep it locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Safe gun storage saves lives. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. That's nfamilyfire.org. 
Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. Our guest this week is Dale Falwell. He is the state treasurer of North Carolina. We're going to get back to Dale in just a moment, but I'd like to remind you that if you're listening to this program on many of our affiliates, you're listening to a half-hour version of the program, and the uh, program in its entirety is actually uh, an hour. It's actually 45 minutes of content. So if you would like to hear the two segments that you miss on the half-hour version, you can get those by going to carolinanewsmakers.com. Or if you'd like to hear the entire broadcast, or perhaps you tuned in late, you can also hear the entire broadcast, again, by going to carolinanewsmakers.com. And I might mention also that all of our former programs are archived, and so you can go back and hear the words, for example, of Dale Falwell and his previous appearances on the program. And I think in, in the case of Dale Falwell, you're going to find them to be very consistent. Uh, and so if you uh, would like to go back, I don't know how many times, how many times do you think you've been on this program, Dale? number of times. Uh, over my legislative career, Assistant Secretary of Commerce, I'd say at least uh, 25. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe even more than that. And uh, Jason, we always was appreciate middle, Jason was in middle school when we started this. Well, that's right. It, and he's all the way to high school now. So he's he's doing quite well. Well, he um, didn't did spend as many years in high school as you and I did, though. <laughs> well, that's right. It took me a long time to get out. It actually took me a lot longer to get out of college than it did high school. But that's a that's another point for another day. I think um, we'll talk about yeah. that for 11 minutes, your college experience. <laughs> We've talked a lot about the savings that uh, you have been working on in the area of administrating the state health care program and, and maintaining the, uh, the, uh, the premiums and so forth for the uh, state health plan for the employees of uh, of uh, the state and the local governments in North Carolina. We've talked about fighting fraud. That's a matter of saving money. Uh, we've talked about uh, saving on management fees. Uh, but uh, one of the things that does happen and is under your supervision, and that is the buying of bonds. And North Carolina has an unusually good state bond rating. So bring us up to date on where that stands and uh, and uh, how you feel like uh, we are faring in that area. Well, uh, uh, great news for your listeners. Uh, I'm telling them something that they've never heard. Uh, the state debt is going to fall 60% over eight years. And uh, 60% is, from my understanding, is not something that any county, city, state, or nation has ever done to have their, their debt fall by 60%. So I get asked uh, often about these higher interest rates and their people are shocked when I say it's not affecting us on the general obligation bonds because we're actually retiring the debt and investing the money at higher interest rates. Uh, it's a great outcome. And the credit for this, Don, goes to the taxpayers and employers like yourself across North Carolina and your listeners but also the General Assembly, who has balanced its budgets, built surpluses, and established rainy day funds. We, we talk about uh, the state government very often, and, and, uh, and we brought up inflation and recession. And because our state government has been so efficient, those two issues are not nearly as much a factor for North Carolina as it will be for many other states, and especially for the federal government. 
Yes. Uh, I won't, always want the newsmaker listeners to rely on everything I say. And by the way, I just want to correct you on one thing in the earlier part of the segment about how people go to the archives and listen to this. If they happen to sit in their church parking lot and not go into service because they want to listen to you and me on newsmakers, please don't tell the preacher. I've heard <laughs> preachers get really upset about the fact that their their uh, parishioners will say, well, I didn't come into the service because I was so enthralled with what Don Curtis and Dale Falwell were saying to me. Uh, that really happened to me, by the way. Somebody said that. Uh, but uh, but going back to the, uh, the interest rate thing, uh, we are saving a tremendous amounts of debt service by not paying, uh, by not issuing more debt and actually retiring debt. And this is what I was going back to a moment ago about credibility. I believe possibly that the increase in interest rate, I'll say this slowly because I used to stutter, the increase in interest rate at the federal level because the debt is skyrocketing and interest rates have skyrocketed the difference in the interest rate of the last two years may be larger than the military budget. I believe that the national debt of the United States is the single biggest national security issue that we're facing. Well, what's the answer to that? I know this doesn't fall under your area of uh, concern. Well, it does fall under your area of concern, but it's not something that you can do a lot about. What is the secret is because we've had Democratic and Republican administrations both uh, continuing to increase the amount of federal debt. I mean, it, this the Democrats blame the Republicans or Republicans blame the Democrats. But the truth of the matter, both parties have, are guilty. Exactly right. And, you know, on the Republican side, uh, you've heard of rhinos. We have pinos. It's a new term I'm introducing on Newsmakers today, P-I-N-O. It stands for politician and name only. <laughs> and the night they're elected, they peak. That's, that is the peak of their public service career is the night they're elected. They don't do one thing after that. Not one thing that they promised their constituents to do. And then we get the Raleigh in Washington. They do something totally different than what they put on their job application. But going back to your answer, we don't need pinos. We don't need shirkers. We don't need people who don't show up for their job. What we need people who is will attack problems and not attack people. And will if they have to say no, which is how we get out of this situation, they have the courage to spell it K-N-O-W. And as I said to a newspaper last year for the New Year's resolution, if public service are going to, servants are going to put their left hand on the Bible and raise their right hand to uphold the laws of their community, this state, or this country, if they can't, if they're going to show up and if they're going to stand up, if they can't do that without attacking problems and not attacking people, then I hope they'll just sit down and shut up. That's how we're going to get our arms around this national debt issue. And it's a big pendulum, Don. It's just like the state debt. I mean, we were we were heading up toward a cliff with the state debt leading up to 2010. And once this pendulum starts to turn at the federal level, it turns hard and fast. And I'm but they've got to have the clarity of thought and the uh, things in sequence so that we can retire the national debt. Because I do think you said it doesn't have anything to do with me. 
all the savings that we've incurred, Don, over the last couple of years, as far as the state debt going down 60%, I would dare say that most of that has been eaten up by inflation. The cost of paper towels, the cost of tires, the cost of asphalt and concrete, the cost of labor, that most of that's been eaten up by inflation. So these things that happen at the federal level are very highly impactful to me as the state treasurer of North Carolina and the keeper of the public purse. Well, you brought up a very important factor. I'm sure the uh, congressional leaders looked uh, or thought to perhaps they were misled in their desire to have programs, new programs introduced and so forth that uh, they felt were worthwhile by the low cost of interest. But the interest rates are going up uh, what double, triple from what they've been, and uh, as you said, the interest bill is going to be huge, huge. Well, they got seduced. There's no other word for it. Uh, yeah. They're addic they're addicted to money. They're addicted to overspending. They're addicted to these low interest rates. And let me tell you who's going to suffer. And I get pretty passionate about this. It's the invisible, the forgotten man and woman of this state. The lower and fixed income people of North Carolina, they're the ones that proportionally where it's going to cost more to eat, more to heat and and more to drive to otherwise live. They're the ones that are going to get damaged and punished by these addictions to money and addiction to high to low interest rates. Well, it, it's uh, I guess the old saying when the chickens come home to roost and the chickens may be coming home to roost here. Pretty soon. Well, it's four o'clock, uh, almost five o'clock, and I hadn't had lunch yet, so I appreciate you not mentioning anything about food right now. <laughs> well, I, well my, my, I, by the way, I'll mention that we are pre-recording this program this week uh, so that uh, they'll can do some other uh, duties and responsibilities and so forth. And I'm sorry that you're missing lunch. Okay, Dale. So we've got about two and a half minutes left in the program. What's on your agenda right now? What are the top four or five things that you're going to be looking at doing and accomplishing during the next three months? Uh, what I'm going to be doing is is continuing to talk to people like adults and, and what they hear makes common sense. Uh, I was thinking as I was driving into Raleigh the other day about my time here, eight years as a member of the General Assembly, Speaker Pro Tem, three years as the Assistant Secretary of Commerce, and now uh, in my sixth year as the Keeper of the Public Purse. And I was thinking about all that, and it just came, I just came to this conclusion that when I talked in the earlier segment about God giving me the vision to see, the humility to listen, and the courage to act, I was thinking about what really drives me is the desire to get to the root causes of problems. It's not enough to blame, spew rage, insult people about these serious problems about public education, what we're going to do with the roads and so many important issues like health care and, and mental health, especially. It's not enough just to do that. And what we have to do is, is we have to work. I'm a conservative. The root word of conservative is to conserve. The root word of liberal is to liberate. You cannot be liberated and have the economic mobility and the upward upward achievement or joy of achievement in your life if you don't first conserve. So what we've allowed is we've allowed these 
people to make hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars on spewing rage and keeping us divided. And we've got to stop that because we have serious problems, not only with the national debt, but the unaffordability of health care, uh, the disaster that's happening uh, as we shut down our schools during COVID and, and so many, many, many important issues. And that's what's so great about newsmakers is that, as I said in an earlier segment, you give people the opportunity to be informed on these very important topics, not just to be affirmed. And what I'm focused on on top of that is to is to make sure that the state treasurer's office stays in the check delivery business. Dale, thank you so much for spending time with us and being so candid in your responses, as you always are. Dale Falwell, the state treasurer of North Carolina, as he said, in his sixth year in that job. And uh, we hope to have you back on again in a couple of months and uh, get an update on all these matters that we've been talking about. Our program that. has been produced by Jason Cog, and we will be back again next week with another guest. If you missed the program or would like to hear a repeat of the broadcast, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and not only hear a repeat of this broadcast or the two segments you might have missed, or you can go back and hear previous programs as well. We'll be back again next week on the same group of stations all across North Carolina. Have a nice week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.